Welcome to the Coffee Sips Tea Podcast, where we sip and spill the tea on everything faith-based. We promote entrepreneurs and other creatives, all with a kingdom twist. Tune in for real conversations that are unscripted, unfiltered, and oh so uncut. So come as you are. All faiths are welcome. Welcome to the coffee house, lovely lattes. everyone. Thank you for stopping by the Coffee Sips Tea Podcast. My name is Call Me Coffee. I am your host for today and I have our lovely guest, Miss Janelle Jones. And she is stopping by and talking about her life as an RVer. Am I saying that right? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Okay. Yep. RVer, which is grammatically not correct, but yes, that's what we call it. That's what we call it. Yeah, I feel we're saying it. But anyway, well, yes, welcome, welcome to the Coffee Sipsy Podcast. I'm so happy you stopped by to join us on your travels right now. So, where are you like currently? Well, no, I think first of all for having me on your show. I listen mm-hmm. to it, I love it, and I appreciate your time. Right now, I am in Jackman, Maine which is nine miles from the Canadian border. And I had to turn the fireplace on this morning because it's a little chilly today. Oh. So I'm enjoying the great weather while the rest of the country is baking. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's cool that you found a way to, to hack that. But now you're having to put on the fireplace. So fall must be right yeah. around the corner. Yes, oh, it does man. come quick up here, yes. I won't mm-hmm. be here to see it, but mm-hmm. I tend to chase the weather so that I'm never too hot or too cold, and it's great. Awesome. So how did you get into RVing? Well, you know, everybody asks me that, and it's a combination of a bunch of things and nothing, really. When I was a kid, we moved around a lot. My parents were in a cult, so the kids were in a cult. That's quite adventurous. So what were you doing beforehand? I worked for the government in South Florida, and I was actually a cop. And I worked there 26 years, started out on midnight roll patrol. Everybody thinks of the car driving by. (laughs) And then as I started getting promoted, and if people will think about it, they know this, but most people associate cops with the car driving by or behind you and the quick heartbeat you get. Mm -hmm. But I took another kind of a, a different 
put around in the business part of the sheriff's office. Most people, as, as I started to say, they, they think of the car. They don't think that there's also a business behind there. There's a, We had a 300 cars, a $62 million budget, 500 employees. That has to be dealt with. They have health insurance issues, days off, broken down cars, the buildings, we had nine buildings. So there was a lot of business behind the scenes, if you will, and I went that route. Mm-hmm. So I, when I retired, I was a number number two in the agency, first female to ever get that, mm-hmm. uh, highest ranking woman cop in four counties around us. So I had a fabulous, wonderful career. Was ready to go when I left. Though I was fortunate that I never hurt anybody and no one ever hurt me seriously. So and I helped a lot of people. So when I left, I was done and ready to move on to my next challenge. And then with that that kind of uh, background of a lot of adrenaline, a lot of stuff going on, it was very hard for me to just sit home and start watching TV and learning to sew and and walking around the block and going to yoga. That was very (laughs) hard for me to to calm down that much. And I have a lot of energy anyway. Wow. Well, first off, I just want to thank you for, for your service being our superhero. And uh, <laughs> catching all the bad guys, even though you took more of a business approach in the sheriff's office. And yeah, I mean, I know they say once you retire, every day is a weekend. And how many yes. days can you really spend doing weekend stuff? So I admire that you said, hey, I'm going to pick up. I'm going to have this adventure and live out my life on my terms. And I know it's not the most conventional way of uh, spending retirement. But I appreciate that you have a, a sheriff background because you know all too well about safety. Uh, so what are some tips you have implemented along the way? And what would you say to others who are considering this lifestyle? Well, I'd like to really speak to the women for sure mm-hmm. because you know, that's the only perspective I know. Mm-hmm. But as women, we all know we have a different set of rules that apply to us, especially when it comes to safety. Mm-hmm. And I will pull over at a rest stop, a truck stop, and spend the night. If I'm going just, you know, place A to B and I got to get there. Mm-hmm. So some of the things I do is to make sure that it doesn't look like there's a girl in the RV, if you will. I don't have a pink car or, I, I don't know, just the, the kind of pink girl trapping sometimes that we all love but my favorite color is pink but I just make sure none of that's displayed no stickers on my car or RV that heavy pronounced the woman issue any women issues and because most people won't think there's just a single female in the RV so I just kind of let them roll with that. And then when I get somewhere, if it's not like at a campground, I do not leave my RV. If I'm just spending the night, like I said, at a truck stop, I just I won't leave my RV at all. All the shades are down. I never come out. And even the next morning, I drive off. I drive, leave the parking lot, and then I'll pull it over to make sure everything's, you know, hooked up and everything's safety is fine. So that way, just... It just doesn't give any appearance that there's a woman in there by themselves. And there's a lot of other things you can do. Uh, Some people say to set a couple of uh, uh, chairs outside or or a couple pairs of shoes outside. But honestly, I've never had one bit of trouble in my RV life. If anything, people, other RVers have been very kind, gone out of the way, pulled over to help me. I had a blowout one time on my front tire of my RV. And I mean, I've had 10 people stop to help me or see if they need anything, including a couple of cops. Mm-hmm. So 
luckily, this seems to be a little snake sort of subculture, if you will. There, there's always bad people everywhere, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it seems to be a pretty safe subculture. Okay, and I appreciate you saying that because that was actually going to be my next question about some of the challenges uh, that you face mm-hmm. while RVing, but you already pretty much touched on that, that you had a blowout in your tire. What were some other yeah. ones? That blowout, the Lord was with me, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking. I pray before I leave. Every time I'm looking at the cross, I bought an Italy that was blessed. It hangs directly over my driver's seat. Mm-hmm. But that blowout, I had just left I-95 going, you know, 65, 60 miles an hour. And I was on a little country road, two lanes, 30 miles an hour. So when I had the blowout, I was able to very safely pull over. Another time in my first RV, I call it my starter RV, mm-hmm. I turned too quickly and hit a building. Mm-hmm. I drove under a low-hanging branch and took everything off the top of the RV. One time I jackknifed in a gas station trying to pull so close to the pumps that the Jeep, my my car and my RV jackknifed around the gas pumps. And, you know, so there's the challenges of an RV, I would say, are things like that. And everyone does it and it happens to everyone. So I was always grateful when it happened to me. I'm like, good, okay, that's over with. Thank goodness. So now I know what not to do. Everybody talks about that's going to happen. So now it's happened. And you know what? I, it had happened since because mm-hmm. now, like, I know to swing right around a, uh, around a building. I know to look at a gas station to see if I can fit in it. And if I can't, I just keep driving. Or if I even think I can't, I keep driving. Mm-hmm. RVing is a mental game. For the most part, anybody can be taught to drive and hook up and unhook up. It's a mental game for me, and I think most RVers would tell you that. Mm-hmm. Well, I I appreciate you sharing that. Just like I'm hearing you say, just be careful. <laughs> um, don't underestimate how low or high something is hanging. Like if you're going under a bridge, if you think you're not going to fit, I guess don't go under that bridge. <laughs> yes, right? don't go under it. Yes. Yeah. I- Along those lines, too, there kind of this goes with safety and it goes with having a comfortable lifestyle and it goes with what advice would you give to somebody else starting out. There's there's several things that you can carry in your RV that you might not realize you need, but say, for example, a water pump. A water pump is, it, it, you know, my RV was brand new and somebody told me, get a water pump because your water pump will go out. I'm like, uh, my water pump's not going to go out. My RV's brand new. But, you know, they were insistent. It was $40, so I bought a water pump. Sure enough, about a year later, a year and a half later, I was sitting in a parking lot in Pennsylvania and my water pump went out. Mm-hmm. And a water pump, just very briefly, pumps your water so that when you turn your faucet on or flush the toilet, you have water there. It's different like in a house mm-hmm. so you have to have your own water pump and sure enough it went out and i was able to just uh find that water pump take two screws off and put it on myself and crisis solved i put a little list together knife for your listeners if they'd like to have it of about uh it's about 10 things like that it'll kind of help them like I said, for safety reasons and to make your lifestyle more comfortable. And if anybody would like that, that list I put together, I'm happy to, to, to give it to them free, no, no charge, just, just to have a little nice something for your listeners. Sure, sure. And I would love to get that list. And for anyone listening, Lovely Lattes, I will try to link that in the description so that you can check it out later. Perfect. And I also love 
uh, Ms. Janelle, how you mentioned your faith and how that's very important for you every time you're stepping into the RV. I'm sure you're always having a Jesus take the wheel kind of moments, uh, right. <laughs> literally. So what has that journey been like for you? I know you mentioned going to Italy and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear a little bit more about that. I went to, I was raised in a cult. And so as soon as I got old enough, I'm like, I'm done with religion. I hate it. I don't have nothing to do with it. It took me a long time to realize religion and a relationship with Jesus is two different things. I found a wonderful church that just hammered that home all the time to us. If you're here for religion, you're in the wrong church. So I finally surrendered, if you will, right on the steps of that church. And I gave my life to Jesus. I got baptized in the ocean of Palm Beach, Florida, and have loved him and have, I believe, a very good relationship with him to this day. And I know that's why things have not happened to me in this RV outside of stupid stuff. But I know that Jesus is with me in this RV. I firmly believe that. And that he direct, uh, guides me and directs me. And just whenever I'm scared, I just say, Jesus, I hope you're in here. Okay, be with me, Jesus. We're fixing to do this. Okay, are we good here? Now, I, I believe, like I think a lot of us Christians do, that Jesus wants you to come to him for small things and big things. So I'm like, Jesus, help me park this. Don't let me hit another car. So I, it's just, he, he's just a common everyday friend to me, frankly. Yes. Amen to that. And I, I love how you mentioned, yeah, Jesus is just but a prayer away. And a prayer is just like conversation pretty much mm -hmm. with a friend. And I'm so sorry to hear that you were raised in a cult. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that experience or not. You can share how much you would like to. I know sometimes oh. spiritual abuse is real. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's real, all right? Mm -hmm. And what it, you know, I have six brothers and sisters, and what it did is it turned all six of us against religion. Mm -hmm. And we have that, a couple of my brothers and sisters still have that mixed up with God. Mm -hmm. They're like mad at God instead of being mad at the religion. They, they don't know to separate those two. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about it, and, and, and another brother and I are you know, strong believers, and we just decided years ago we're going to live a, a life around them so that they see by example so that's what we do we were raised as Jehovah's witnesses and it is every bit of cult as any other other ones out there very strict very restrictive very demeaning to women and children the males the white males were the next to god period in the story you went to the them for all the problems in marriages and kids and whatever and it's just it's it's a terrible terrible thing to do to kids who are so impressionable anyway all of us kids grew up thinking the world is going to come to an end any minute we're all going to die if we do one little tiny sin that's it you're going to die I'm, I'm seven years old thinking this uh, it, it's just it was a horrible way to grow up we moved a lot I went to 12 schools in 12 years so but what I always take away from this is, even though we were in that cult, God was still with me. Because from that cult, I learned public speaking. 
I learned I can talk to anybody. I learned to be able to separate religion from God. I learned the differences there. I learned to think for myself. Once I got away from that and realized I'm never letting anybody think for me again and tell me this is the way you're supposed to do something, which rolls right back into the RV life. You know how many people tell me you're crazy, don't drive off by yourself? Plus, I have a real big RV. So, I like, nope, I think for myself, and this is what I'm doing. So, the cult did teach me, but I would never wish it on anyone. Mm, wow. Okay, that that means a lot for you sharing that with us, and thank mm-hmm. you for yeah. being so open. And it's almost like driving your RV is like driving your faith in a way. Um, because you learn it's your own personal relationship and it's your personal life and adventure and only you can make those decisions for yourself and God is at the center of all of that. So that's great that you were able to come out of that experience, a stronger, uh, more self-sufficient person and you do meet community uh, members along the way who are like-minded and who are aligned. And that's all. that's all it is. About in the end, our faith journey. Um, so we're coming up on our time here, and this is the part of the show where our guests get to share their words of encouragement or wisdom. So if there's anything you want to share with our lovely listeners, go for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I share number one, my favorite Bible first, with, uh, with God, all things are possible. And I mean, if that's not a truer statement in the Bible, if you believe one thing out of the Bible, it should be that. If you would have told me that I would be having this lifestyle years ago, especially as that poor cult kid and just so lost in my lost teenage years, and if you would have told me I would have this life, I would say you're crazy. So with God, <laughs> all things are possible. I would say to people that are on the second half of their life, maybe they're retired, maybe the husband, the kids are gone, the wife's gone, what, however, through whatever means, Think outside the box. Get past the dreaming and the doubting to doing. Go do something. This lifestyle keeps me young and active and healthy and going. I drive around with, I, I, I belong to an RV group that I bought that I'll tell you about in a second. But they're, 60, they're 70, 80 years old. They can drive an RV and hook up a car and do all this like they're 25 years old. So it's a very good life for people that are sitting at home and is like, is this it for the next 30, 40 years? No, this is not it. Go get a life. Go go see the country and, and have an adventure. Mm-hmm. And to get you started, I I joined an RV club to because I was, you know, didn't know what I was doing. And a long story too, but I don't want to go over your time. And earlier this year I bought that RV club because there is a need for people that want to travel on their own and this club meets those needs. We have trips that are planned. You have you can be with a like-minded community that doesn't think you're crazy for jumping in a 36-part RV and driving across <laughs> the country by yourself. Uh, we we uh, plan trips, where to go, what to do. And, it, and traveling with an RV club with other friends, it number gives you friends, but it also helps with that anxiety and the loneliness that can sometimes be associated with the road. It's great being in the Grand Canyon, but, you know, if you're there by yourself, I mean, how much are you really going to do? Being with others, like we did this year, we went on a 13-mile bike ride through the Grand Canyon. I would never go on a 13-mile bike ride anywhere, but being with the group, 
makes you want to try those adventures. And with your permission, I'll uh, link that or ask you to link that in the show notes too. If anyone wants to reach out to me or send me an email, I can talk to them about uh, you know, what it'd be like joining an RV club or just talk to them about the RV life if they want. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm just hearing you say pretty much Philippians 4.13. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and that you have like-minded community members and anyone can get in touch. And I think that's the smartest thing that anyone can do is just getting plugged in to other like-minded people. So as you say, you don't feel so isolated. You're not feeling so anxious, especially when you're first starting out. Uh, so where can people get in touch with you really quickly? Yes, mm-hmm. my email is wins, W-I-N-S, R-V, club, at gmail.com. And the name of the club is Wandering Individuals Network. We have a website and a Facebook, Wandering Individuals Network. And reach out to me on there, and I'll be glad to talk with you. Okay, awesome. And that's wins, R-V, club. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here first. You have a way to get in touch with Ms. Janelle. And I just want to thank you for stopping by. It was really awesome to sip some coffee with you. I don't know if you prefer coffee or tea. Coffee. Coffee right now. And she has her cup. You can't see her, you guys, but I can. And she is just as alert and as lovely as ever uh, in person. And I just love that she was able, that you were able to share a lot of practical tips with us and just being really uh, smart about it and very encouraging. And I think anybody would be blessed to have somebody like you in their corner. Uh, so as we... Thank you, night. Oh, you're welcome. And as we always say on this show, you guys, see you next time on the Coffee Sips Tea Podcast. And this is Miss Janelle and Call Me Coffee saying... Bye. Bye Bye-bye, everybody. And that is a wrap. Thank you for stopping by the Coffee Sips Tea Podcast. And to all my lovely lattes out there that want to unlock their unlimited creative potential, please go and sign up for your free espresso coaching call today. For more details, see the link in the description and hope to connect with you soon. Bye.